Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Unapologetically Educated. I am Principal Hannibal, also known as De-Educated, and I am super excited because today is International Women's Day. It is about empowerment, um, like the sacrifices we make as women, just honoring us, but we also have this entire month, but not just a month, any day is a day to um, honor phenomenal women in our work. But today I'm so excited because we have Dr. Young on the show, but I want to briefly just tell you I have been on a hiatus. I know that you have not heard the voice of Unapologetically Educated in a minute. Um, Life happens, y'all. People get sick, and so I had some family um, illnesses to kind of kind of shut me down for a while, but I am back, energetic, and ready to close out season one of Unapologetically uh, Educated. So what we'll do is um, our season will actually end when school ends. I'm going to take a break in the summer, relax, relate, release, and then we'll fire this thing back up in August. So today, again, International Women's Day, and I have... Dr. Young, who I actually found on Instagram. So I've like been watching the way she moves, and I was like, mm, I'm going to reach out to her. She seems like a phenomenal woman in the work. And so I'm going to let Dr. Young come on and introduce herself and tell her, tell us a little bit about her. Well, hey there. I am so excited to be joining you today. Um, I'm, I can start off by telling you that uh, my education career has truly been a blessing and has been also somewhat of a whirlwind. I started out uh, teaching um, here in Texas, um, sixth and seventh grade and eighth grade English language arts. And then I transitioned to being a school counselor. Uh, from being a school counselor, I then transitioned to being assistant principal, followed by a turnaround principal of that same campus about two years later. And then from there, uh, my husband, um, is also an education administrator in administration, and he became my supervisor. So as a result, oh. I then moved to, uh, yes, because of conflict of interest, yes, <laughs> um, I then moved to another school district locally and um, was a principal there where I had the opportunity to uh, create a nationally NISC STEM certified campus. So, And currently, I'm the owner of the Connecting Principals. And we are a full-time education consulting firm here um, in the Houston area. Awesome. I bet you that was kind of like, I I wonder what the table um, conversation sound like with hubby being a principal supervisor and you being a principal. I bet you that was like, I bet you it's quite interesting just to kind of go back and forth with the things he sees on a day-to-day basis and what you see on a day-to-day basis as well. Uh, yeah, I would absolutely say so. So when he became the supervisor, I actually had an opportunity to look for a position prior to him being my supervisor. However, being in two different districts and seeing best practices and what they look like in two separate districts was also a great conversation. Um, there are times when I would have to remind him, hey, you sat in the principal seat for nine years and what your principal that you're supervising needs right now may be lots of support. And what does that look like? It can't be a one size fits all. So our conversations are pretty interesting. Uh, we challenge each other. Um, and I love the fact that we get the opportunity to engage and share in our passion for education, but looking at it from two totally different perspectives. 
Man, that's awesome. So um, we're going to kind of dive into the Real Talk topic for today. And the article that I want to talk about, of course, has something to do, of course, with International Women's Day. But this article was actually, this actual this blog post was actually posted in March of 2018 um, on the educationpost.org site. But every year, this article makes its way back through social media like as a headline. And the title of the article is, I'm sick of seeing black women silenced in school, le- in school leadership. Um, the, au- the author of the article is Becca Lace, and um, she is a former teacher, and now she's doing some work in the mental health industry. So uh, before we unpack that, um, this article, yes, it's about black women, but there's so many parallels between this article and just women in leadership, period. So if you have not read the article, it talks about being a black woman in leadership, and we're often titled aggressive, strong-willed, passionate, and um, that there's something wrong with those labels. Um, And so she goes on to speak about how she witnessed her principal so many times being silenced in the work she's doing, the phenomenal work that she was doing for students because she was a black woman. Um, Even to the point where they talked about like how her hair wearing braids was not professional uh, enough to wear in the position of school leadership. And so as we start to really unpack this, um, Dr. Young, tell me your thoughts. What did you, what were your initial thoughts when you read the article? You know, I'm going to be very honest with you. This article spoke to my soul. Um, it's so funny because yesterday I had the opportunity to uh, be placed on an educational leadership panel for a local university here in the Houston area. And this is actually one of the topics we talked about. I totally can embody and still see myself, although I am a former principal in this particular article. And I'll give you an example. Um, when I went to my, my second campus, I had a, a parent-teacher conference. And the parent was a male parent. And he was very insistent with the assistant principal, who was also a female, that he wanted to speak to the principal. And so she said, okay, give me just a second. So I was in a meeting. She called me out. And I had an opportunity. I come out. I shake his hand. How you doing? I'm Dr. Young. And he point blank tells me, I don't want to talk to you. I want to talk to a male. Well, I had to tell him, sir, you know, I am the principal. You're asking to speak to me. And at the moment, there's only one male teacher on the campus at this time. And he's teaching. So how is it that I can assist you? Right. I had an opportunity to move through the meeting. Um, having a counseling background, my biggest thing is I look at, um, I really make sure that I was active listening. By the end, I felt we had connected and had a relationship and I was able to build some things off, uh, off the, with the parent to get to a solution. But this spoke to my soul because in his mind, he felt like me being a female leader, I, there wasn't anything that I could do to help him. But it wasn't until we started unpacking and having a conversation and realizing we had some similarities, you know, he was talking about a, 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 his male son, I have a male son, things of that nature that he realized, okay, wait a minute, she really can help me in this particular solution. So this really spoke to my soul. Like I said, um, it's very often, and I hate to say this, but people do prefer male leadership. Right. 
and they often prefer non-minority male leadership. Um, I, I'm reading an article recently, males are more prevalent in school leadership and they're promoted nine times as likely as females. Yes. And that's not even in the U.S., that's worldwide. So I think that, um, you know, being a female leader, we bring some definite strong qualities with wh- whatever position it is, even if it's education or business, but we, you know, unfortunately, we are tied to some of those stigmas. Right. And one of my favorite quotes is by Shirley Chisholm, and I'm paraphrasing. She said, if they don't have a seat at the table before you bring your own chair. And okay. <laughs> I, yeah. this, this story resonates with me. Yes, um, someone was telling me something about in the state of Texas, there's like 50 um, some odd uh, superintendents that are female out of all the districts in te- Texas, and only four are black superintendents. So thinking about Absolutely. 52 uh, female uh, leaders or female superintendents in Texas and only four of them are African-American. But this also speaks to me because it says we're often labeled pushy and, you know, hard to work with. And so I am, this makes me think of as, as, as women period, how sometimes um, I had a, someone tell me either you're going to go do this campus or we're going to find a man to do it. And so yeah. I, should I be like, man, that's a compliment or, hey, that's a diss, you know? Um, yeah. People yeah. don't understand how the words they say, how they're internalized to us as women. And so I think I had to take a step back. Like, so yeah. only I can do the job as a woman or if not, you have to go find any man. I, I just, it, it, it rubbed me the wrong way. And I knew it came from um, this person's, like, he was not trying to be funny or disrespectful. He just meant he valued me, but that is not the way you show value, right? Um, right, right. The other part of that is we, not only, we kind of develop this hard shell, this demeanor as female principals and also especially as women of color because we're often mm-hmm. given the schools that ain't nobody else taking. Absolutely. I'm just going to be real with you. I'm going to say it because ain't nobody else going to say it. Yeah, I agree with you. you. Know, school, I agree with you. School leadership, and I read a lot of time. I, I'm an avid reader, and I read books from people that just don't know what kind of job I do as a female in a turnaround campus and, and yeah. as a leader period, these books are not written about those stories. You know, you find some, but I can tell you, unless they're not telling the truth in these books, the stories, the things that I see on a day-to-day basis as a school leader, these are not things that are evident or prevalent in the books that we use to guide us in our work. Um, Absolutely. Another another thing is, as and I was talking to Dr. Sine Bell uh, on one of my shows, probably about maybe about four or five episodes back, and we were taking a break, and we kept talking through the break, and so Dr. Bell and I went on this wild tangent about as women why we feel like we have to be the fixer. We're going to work ourselves to the bone to prove that we can turn around this campus. We can fix the impossible. And so we put so much stress and strain on ourselves, on our families, because we are mentally, um, it's almost like a, a, a programming in our brains to fix. And so thinking of this article, I see so many pieces, so many parallels to other things in my job. Yeah, yeah. And I, I would have to say to you about that piece about, you know, putting our all into it. I'll be honest with you, I'm guilty of that myself. 
you know, there were times when Crock-Pot ruled this household, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and I think it's because we, we put that stress and strain on ourselves, number one, because we know we can do it, and number two, because we don't want to fail. Correct. And as women, we, ha- we have so much that we put on our back, and we say, I'm going to rock it, and I'm going to roll with it. I'll give you an example. My last campus had about 1,000 students, elementary. Um, nearby campuses, um, elementary campuses, had an average of 500. And we each had a principal and an assistant principal. And I asked my superintendent for an additional assistant principal because I knew, based on longitudinal data, we were going to just keep increasing because we were, we, are, we were one of the most in unincorporated areas in the city. And then I started doing some studying and looking that there was an elementary, excuse me, a middle school down the street, two actually, that are in the same district. And they had 200 students more than we did, yet they had two assistant principals and a principal. And so while I'm advocating, you know, he comes out and he says to me, well, I know you can handle it. Well, yeah, I know I can handle it too, but I'm advocating because right now I'm stretching myself thin. I have about 20 more staff members than the other elementary campuses do. And I'm trying to make sure that I'm doing everything in my power with fidelity, but I'm wearing myself down because I'm doing, we're doing the work of three people with just two. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. But the cliche term that you just said, that phrase, you can handle it. And so when I was young in my career, I would take that like a badge of honor. You said, I can handle it, I can do it, and I would be inspired, like motivated. But now I see that as, no, nah, don't shortchange me. <laughs> that means that somebody yeah. else is getting way more because they can't handle it. Yes, yes, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. So, I mean, like that, when you brought that up, like that is not a badge of honor to tell somebody, Mm -hmm. especially Mm -hmm. when you said, when someone you know that maybe can handle it, you're giving them everything. Our kids and our staff deserve the exact same, right? Because just think, you're spinning your wheels, but your teachers are spinning their wheels when you're Mm -hmm. understaffed, your APs, everybody. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, we were really trying to make a community impact. So when you're making a community impact, that doesn't mean that our community impact was just in the building. We would do outreach and go out. You know, that was time. And so just I was thinking what would really, really resonate if we had more, more bodies, you know? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, absolutely. Like, first of all, I, I think, you know, nail on the head for the last piece that, that you just discussed, just like the, but the next piece, are we really difficult to work with? Like, let's talk that's, about that. I'm going to say that's this. so funny. Cause uh, I want, I really wanted to, when I looked and read the article, I really wanted to get into too pushy and difficult to work with. Yes. And I thought to myself, wow. I mean, here it is in black and white. And it doesn't matter if what woman it is, you know, I think that there's two things that kind of resonated with me on that piece. For one piece, I think from females to females, you know, I think that sometimes females aren't as comfortable with female leadership as they are with male leadership. Yes. And I say that because I had a teacher, one blank, I had an open door policy come in and she had only known me three months. 
came in and told me that she could not work with me because I was a female and she preferred a male. Mm. Now, more specifically, she told me she couldn't work with me because I was a black female. And that's fine with me because I'm the type of person. If you can't be successful with me, I will be sure to help you along your way so you can be successful. I will not hold you back. Let me order you some UPS boxes. I'm going to get you some expensive. But when I asked her, and why is that? And in her conversation, I keep in mind, I have a school counseling background, so I like to get to the root cause of things. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that came out was it, it was intimidation. And I was like, you only known me for three months. I haven't done, and I had I have just come in. I hadn't changed anything. I'm just learning. I'm getting to know everyone in this building. I was hired on a Sunday. <laughs> oh, kind of thing. It started so, on a Monday, right? It started on a Monday. So it was like, I'm just trying to get to know you. And so I think, number one, see, it, 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 it goes back to the female piece and perspective with what, they deem as what they want their leaders to look like or sound like. And if they prefer a male, kudos. But I also want to extend that there are also those of us females who can get the same job done if well, if not better, you know? Um, And then the same other piece that I thought about when I looked at that um, was sometimes it's all about perception. Mm -hmm. And they just take the perception and run with it and really don't really not take the time to understand who the human is in the leadership, in the work. So, so it just reminds me of a quote and I'm a quotes person. I, I write them. I have them on sticky notes on t-shirts and it says, if you live for people's acceptance, you'll die from their rejection. And let me just mm-hmm. be real clear with you. I, and I had to use some with you, type slang. Let me be real clear. Mm-hmm. I firmly feel that me asking people to bring their A game when they come to the table is not me being pushy. Yeah. You already heard me say that the people ain't going to give me everything that I need. So I'm working triple, double, 90 million times over. When you come yeah. into my space, be ready and prepared. Because trust me, the concealer up under these eyes mean I'm working hard <laughs> to make sure that things are right. We're in this space. Yeah. So I don't, what I, what makes me upset about the pushy, difficult to work with is no, I'm not going to come in here and be all sugar Cody and, and placate you when you're not prepared, or this is not a friendly conversation. When I come in, mm-hmm. it's my business. Now, am I going to be respectful in all counts? Of course. But yeah. I think for me, like, I love my staff. At every school I've worked with, I've always loved my staff. And so they'll tell you, like, Hannibal, you know, she, you know, always wants to have fun. But when you cross that line, though, we got to have some conversations. I tend to struggle with the people above me sometimes because mm-hmm. they see that passion, that energy, and they're threatened by it. I understand mm. what it is. Yeah, yeah. I have no problem with you doing your job if you do your job. But mm-hmm. you can't be my superior and come in not prepared to have a conversation with me. Yes, yes. You're going to coach me but you either don't know me or have never worked the spot. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so as a woman, I'm going to sit back and listen to you, but I'm going to tell you like, uh, I feel like, cause I'm an open book. I can tell you what my strengths are as a leader, what my weaknesses are. And so I just ask when people come to the table, don't waste my time. 
Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's being a person who has a high standard for everybody, including themselves. So that's my response to it. Yeah, and then, and, and I totally agree with you because when you when you know what your vision is, I hear two things in your in in just in our conversation. When you know what your vision is, and you are doing everything daily to make sure that you are living and breathing in that vision, then they will take your kindness for weakness sometimes and maybe look at you as being over-emotional, mm-hmm. you know, and you're not being over-emotional. You have set out, or, or even threatening, like you said, you set out, here is what the vision is. I cannot do this vision alone. I can do vision with others, and here's what it's going to take to get it going. And I'm, by golly, I'm going to make sure each and every day that we give our best to make sure we get there. Right. And so... I often wonder if with a male counterpart, if there are the same approaches or even the same conversations or crucial conversations taking with female leaders as there are with their, with male, uh, as opposed to their male counterparts. Right. Like I tell people, how could you talk about the achievement gap and not get emotional? Who are, what kind mm-hmm. of person are you? Mm -hmm. it's just who I am like you can't bring me to the table and start talking about students not learning teachers not growing because really the times are moving way too fast right Mm -hmm. like colleges are pushing out educators and this is a whole nother segment a whole nother episode pushing out teachers but they can't prepare them as fast as the world is changing so yeah that's true how can I not be passionate about that how can you who does that so Mm -hmm. I don't know. I'm, I'm I'm calling on you since you are doing the work of grow, grooming and growing other leaders. What are some tips and tools? What do we do? We're women in this work, and either A, we feel undervalued, or B, overworked. Like, mm-hmm. what do we do? You know, I'm going to piggyback. You mentioned earlier about the number of female superintendents in Texas, and I'm going to piggyback off of two that um, I will say they're in the Houston area that I know that are very, very instrumental in um, speaking and mentoring uh, female leadership. Um, There is one, um, her name is Dr. Latanya Goffney from Aldean ISD. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. If you have not had an opportunity to hear her story, by golly, you need to hear her story. Um, and then she's, like I said, very integral about uh, female uh, female empowerment, but mostly, you know, female leadership, whether it's in education or what have you. There's another one, uh, Dr. Martha Salazar-Zamora from Tomball ISD. Okay. And she also is very intricate in female educational leadership. So when I say that, I say the first thing is to find and establish your why, because I don't want to go right ahead and say and find a mentor. What is your why Mm -hmm. behind what you do and what's driving you? And you'll realize that when you find your why and understand your why, it will become your vision that you will live in every day and it will be executed in, in, in everything that you do. Once you find your why, that's when I would find a mentor. Find a mentor that lines up with the why and then you know surround yourself with the network of female leaders i'm not even going to say just exclude yourself to female leaders i do have a, a male lead some male leaders that i you know congregate with from time to time i love to get their perspective and sometimes 
they help me be proactive rather than reactive. Most definitely. But I would say, you know, find yourself a, a network. I know that when I, like I said, I switched districts, I sought out a female, uh, a female uh, principal. She was in middle school at the time. And, and we sat and I spent some days with her and just talking through some things because sometimes it's really good to um, learn. We're always on a pattern of growth and learning through the trials and, and some challenges that others have gone through. And so those would be my top. What's your why? Find a mentor and continue to network. Um, and then, you know, people will be able to, if, if your vision is aligned to what to do, people will be able to see that it will shine through you like a diamond. Right. Um, I totally agree with those three things. Number one, figure out your why, find a mentor, and that could be male or female, because like I, one of my mentors, and I actually, he's going to get me because I mentioned him earlier in the show, but um, Mr., or I think he might be doctor now, so Jay Miller, um, he's mm -hmm. just one that just constantly, he's growing me, pushing me, and um, so I say that to say, and then the third thing you said is to network. A lot of times I see principals on an island, and you, yes. you sit at that seat, your name is on that letterhead alone. And so don't feel like, though, because of that, you don't need to network and show your story, show your space. We all struggle as principals in some area of this work, no matter what it is. And I will yes. tell you, one of my principal colleagues, Sean Joseph, I called him because, like, middle school dismissal was about to make me, like, put some hands on some people. And I ain't talking about <laughs> biblical. And I called him. I said, okay, look, you have been a turnaround principal in multiple middle schools Talk to me about dismissal. In probably three minutes, he laid out exactly what I needed to do. Do this, boom, 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 boom. Okay, tweak it like this. And it worked. It saved my soul. So, you know, call people when you feel like you ain't got nothing. You're losing your Absolutely. mind and you don't know what to do. Ask somebody. Yes. Ask somebody. And I will say this, and because we talked about this uh, yesterday, or was it Friday over the phone, about involving your, your, your social networks. We yeah. got to, I, I promise you, I could go right now on Twitter and go middle school dismissal and also find some other principals out there that are greater in that, that are great in the work that I, that might be millions of miles away that can help and will help. So don't limit yourself to just the people around you. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, to, I totally agree. I mean, I, you know, like you said, you know, you and I have had an opportunity to connect through um, social media. Um, and I would even say when you even networking, don't even limit it to social media, like get into some organizations, True. you know, that can help you. I know here in Texas that we have the Texas Council of Women School Executives. Now, it's just not all school executives. You have some teachers, uh, instructional coaches, uh, college professors, uh, super assistant superintendents, superintendents. And I will tell you, I had an opportunity to attend. I didn't attend the state conference. But I had an opportunity to attend a meeting. And oh, my God. The whole experience left me like we're just on fire and recharged. And it was basically about promoting equity and quality mm. in leadership among uh, with females. I mean, the room. So you have people from all over the state of Texas, you know, so or all over the nation that come there. And so you want to be able to find yourself in positions where you can, you know, network and, and, you know, don't be afraid to reach out to someone, you know. I've had people uh, give me uh, DMs on Instagram or uh, email me in my email. 
And I will try if I if I can't find a solution, I know somebody who can. So I'm on networking. We're gonna network on top of networking. Right. Um, but you are absolutely right. We are only as strong. We, we can do anything if we put our minds to it. Okay, so no, great nuggets. I totally agree. And so we're going to take a quick break because Dr. Young and blessed us today. I think, uh, first of all, I'm not a part of that Texas Women in, in an Executive Leadership. I'm not a part of that organization, so I'm going to have to jot that down because I got to yeah. be a part of that. I think that's a yes. great resource. Um, and I even will say Solutions Tree, the DeFore group, they do a whole summer institute in San Antonio with just women yes. in educational leadership. Get there. So yes, I sure do. when we come back from break, we're going to do thank God a teacher raised me. And then Dr. Young going to tell us about her female empowerment song that gets her a little hype, kind of make her look back at that thing when we come back from break. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We are back from break. And see, every time we go on break, we start giving nuggets out that y'all miss. So I'm going to rewind that thing. So Dr. Young said she wanted to do, thank God a teacher raised me, but she had two people and they were not the quote unquote traditional teacher. And I said, girl, wait a minute. You can do anybody that functions in the, in the realm of teaching. And so that could be a cafeteria worker. My cafeteria worker, Miss Diana is fire. She works with kids. She will do whatever it takes, not only to make sure kids are fed, but she also stop. Hey, baby, we don't do that here. You know, she wants to always give them the nuggets. <laughs> yeah. She hugs on kids. She'll come in and say, hey, Miss Hannah, I just want to let you know, so-and-so, it's, it's been 20 degrees outside. He hadn't had a coat in weeks. I don't know if y'all caught that. And we go jump on that thing. So everybody in the building is a teacher. So Dr. Young, go ahead and bless us with your two people. Yes, my two people are very near and dear to my heart. My first would be my grandmother, Sadie Humphrey. Um, she actually did not get an opportunity to have a high school education because in the era that she grew up, school only went to eighth grade. But I happened to come along. I am the first female granddaughter um, on that side of the family. And one of her biggest things was, um, because I come from a military family, most of my family members went to the military and she always drilled it into me that she did not want me to go to the military. And in her mind, she always said, cause you were just too cute to be wearing all of that. So I, you know, I grew up under my grandmother and I would spend summers with her and she, like I said, was a custodian. And you know, in the summer, this is before custodians were able to work Monday through Thursday. They worked Monday through Friday. Mm -hmm. um, she, I would get an opportunity to help her and the crew, you know, prepare the school. And, you know, they would have books. There were old books from the school. And she would say, I want you reading. I want you to get your lesson. And I think she was just so excited um, when I graduated from college because I, I am the first to have a college degree. And then... Um, when I decided to change my major, she was the first part, my minor, excuse me. She was the first person that I called and she was like, well, whatever it is you do, I'm going to be proud of you. So she taught me life lessons, but she also taught me that education was the opportunity to anything mm -hmm. that I wanted. And so I would, she, I would say, thank God that Sadie Ray Humphrey raised me. Um, but I also want to thank God that she also raised my dad mm -hmm. because my dad, um, also, after going to college for a little bit, um, had an opportunity, and he also um, became a custodian, and he actually just retired after about 36 years in the same district. He did everything from drive buses to oh clean. Goodness. He was over custodians. I mean, you name it. Amazing. But when I say that, 
he raised, you know, he helped raise my sister and I. She's also an educator. And I say, thank God he raised me because he didn't just raise us. Being a pastor, I remember, I understand it now, but I didn't understand it then. I remember we had, um, when I was in the fifth grade, two uh, of our, my little friends I used to play outside with, and their mom had basically abandoned them. Now, I didn't know that at the time. It was like weeks went by, and I found out he went and bought them clothes and talked to my mom, and they moved them in. And I kept saying, why? Is he? And they kept saying, well, we don't know. Our, our, our mom went away. Like, she went on vacation. Mm-mm. And I never will forget, I overheard them talking, my mom and dad, one night, and they were talking about they don't know where these kids parents where their mom went and she just vanished and so she finally came back and got them like maybe two to three weeks later and then that was story number one and then when I was in high school um he had an opportunity you know uh had another student that he took in and so you know now he's uh you know he's a pastor he's retired I say he's living his best life honey and he is um he spends his time at the, the a state boys home you can find him there at least twice a month. And so I say that because he has had some values instilled in him that he's instilled in both my sister and I. But I see that fruition that he is instilling in others. So those would be the two I want to give a shout out to on this on this day. Number one, Grandma Sadie, thank you. Um, like both of those people are so transformative. And so the work that he's seen just by doing his custodial work, he was able to see like his need, his range is like so much more than yes, making sure the building is clean. And yes, that's important, but like he could do so much more and he still mentors and does that. Mm-hmm. Outreach. And I think that that's amazing. Like you do not again, have to be the traditional teacher to make that impact in that building. So man, absolutely phenomenal. And you tell both of them, I said like, man, I thank God for them too, because what happens is we pay it forward. He never knows mm-hmm. who the next Absolutely. person is that that outreach that, that that he poured into someone else now triggers the next school leader, the next superintendent, Absolutely. the next mayor of that town or that city. So um, evidently, man, that's amazing. Absolutely. Cause I'll tell you, I could just be going places and people will recognize me as my, you know, my dad's our teachers, you know, students. And they're like, Oh my God, we love your dad. Because of your dad, I now, you know, A, B, and C. So my grandmother has passed. She, she passed in uh, 2007. But like I said, I get an opportunity to, to, to see that. And I truly believe in you give people flowers while they're here. Yes. And so, you know, I, I got an opportunity to give my grandmother her flowers, but I also want to give back and, and make sure that, you know, they, but my dad knows that I don't think that I would be without, without all of my family. Let me say that. I don't think that I would be where I am if it wasn't for the, those role models. They may not have known, but ever since I was little, I've been watching them and then um, shifting myself to just take little nuggets from, from their transformation and how I want to live my life and how I want to pay it forward and, and bless someone else. That's awesome. So as we close out, um, first of all, it's again, International Women's Day. And I, I said that we wanted to talk about like, what is your empowerment song? What is your jam? I have a playlist that I'm going to post to my Instagram for just like my all time favorite women empowerment songs. Um, but like, what is your one that gets you, you know, gets you going? Well, I'm going to give you the professional me, because if I give you the sorority me. Cancel. <laughs> you can't. 
cannot. But I, I'm going to give you two. If there's anything that gets me like going, it would have to be juvenile. That's the thing. Okay. But I'm um, not going to say but, that for women's empowerment. <laughs> yes, yes. But for really gets me going, Alicia Keys, this girl is on fire. Now, yes. I cannot sing a tune like Alicia. But I will tell you, it, that song just does something to me. Like, it puts an extra pep in my step every time I hear that song. Yep, that one is already on uh, my playlist to post. So, Yay! for me, <laughs> juvenile, and it's it's crazy. I'm going to say it's crazy. Why? Because mine is, and I don't even know if you remember this, this has nothing to do with Women's Day people, so I'm just going to tell you right now. <laughs> um, it's UNLV, Drag Them Through the River. So, yes. <laughs> I don't care when this beat drops, if I'm anywhere in any space, I'm going to yes. So that has nothing to do with women's empowerment, but she started it. I'm just going to say that. <laughs> but my women's song, I have so many, but I have to go with my girl, Mary J. And it was one that probably came out about five years ago. Um, mm-hmm. She recorded some uh, an album in London and it's called Doubt. And it okay. talks about, you know, she's now standing as a queen. And people mm-hmm. try to tear her down. And it's literally, number one, it always makes me cry. I don't know why, but it gets me mm. ready to, but not cry like because I'm sad, but cry because I'm proud of what I've went through to become mm-hmm. the person I am today. So that is my yes. empowerment song. Um, Dr. Young, how can they reach out to you? Like, this has been an amazing show, and people want to find Dr. Young. How do they find you? Sure. Well, you know, I, you can find me on Instagram at The Connecting Principal. Um, I recently just started a Facebook group, and it is also called The Connecting Principal. And so starting this week, I'll be, we'll get going and put some topics in there. So we'd love to have anyone join us. I'm also on Twitter as the uh, C, 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 P, T as in Tom, C as in Cat, P as in Principal, 2 on uh, Instagram. And um, soon, um, I would say by the end of March, we will have a full up and running website. And so if you follow us on any of those social media outlets, I'll be sure you'll be one of the first to find out when our website is up and running. And you can also email me at theconnectingprincipal at gmail.com. All right. So, of course, you know how to find me, Unapologetically Educated, on all platforms. And then email is unapologeticallyeducated at gmail.com. The website is also unapologeticallyeducated.com. Um, but I'm posting this playlist because I added Girls is on, uh, This Girl is on Fire by Alicia Yay. Keys. I had another one, but y'all weren't ready for that Candy Red Independent. Um, so <laughs> I'm not going to do that to y'all because I, I got some people here. But I also got some Cl- Kelly Clarkson on there. Um, I don't know if you remember back in the day, um, Alanis Morissette's album hit. Yes. My grandma. Yes, that was my whole high school career. (laughs) Yes, she was like, if you play this white lady one more time. But I I love the Alanis Morissette. Me too. I I could sing the whole thing, but like you said, I don't have a voice either. But thank you so much for coming on the show. It has been phenomenal. I got to have you back. I'm going to tell you right now. Yes, absolutely. I enjoyed this. I got to have you back on the show. I know that the the leaders are going to go absolutely insane about this. Don't forget to share out this episode um, to all your followers, all your friends. But again, thank you so much 
much for coming on the show. Blessings, stay coronavirus free. Um, <laughs> and, and, and much yeah. love and success to the Connecting Principle. All right. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Have a wonderful remainder of your day, okay? All right. See you soon. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Unapologetically Educated. Dr. Young brought the fire today, and she gave us those three important nuggets. Number one, always know your why. Like, live in it, breathe in it. If you need a T-shirt, bumper sticker, or something to put on your MacBook or your laptop, do it. But know your why because it's going to drive you through and get you through those hard times. Number two, um, she says, find a mentor, find a group of mentors, and make sure those mentors, let's be clear, people, make sure those mentors are people that are in the work, doing the right work, they're successful in the work, they're where you want to be in the work, um, not just because you know them. So find mentors that's going to help you through and really tell you and be honest with you what you need to fix, change, or keep doing. And the last one is build a network. Y'all, the work is too hard to do it by ourselves. I know that we want to sometimes go home and shut the whole world off for weeks or sometimes months. But we got to get out and network with people. Um, find things to join organizations. Um, go to conferences. Present at conferences. Sometimes sharing your story kind of helps you through your story. Hashtag, that's why I'm doing Unapologetically Educated. So find you a network of people, either social media, face-to-face, on the phone, Skype, whatever you need to do, but don't do this work alone. And so as I close, I want to leave you with a quote from Atticus. And the quote says, she was not looking for a knight. She was looking for a sword. Let me say that again. Atticus says she was not looking for a knight. She was looking for a sword. And so I internalize this in the way we do our work as female leaders to mean we have to look for the tools we need to fight this fight. No one is going to come and save us. And you shouldn't be looking for anyone to come save you. What you should be looking for is tools to help you fight the achievement gap, the equality gap, right? The, the gap of just being a great leader, like things and tools that we need. Because let's be clear, we get in this seat and people go, uh-oh, hands off. You better know how to be a principal. So become equipped with the tools you need, the sword, the knife, the gunfight, whatever you need to fight this fight as a school leader. And so that means getting better at our craft. Guys, if you have not attended a conference in two or three years, you haven't read any books in two or three years, you are losing, you are losing gain. You are losing the war. So in order to grow yourself, you have to feed into yourself, pour into yourself, but also take care of yourself. And so that is it. I have enjoyed enjoyed the show. I hope you enjoy it. Don't forget to subscribe uh, on Apple Podcasts or Spotify to Unapologetically Educated. Thank you so much for tuning in and see you next week.